Hey guys, welcome to the Professional Development Podcast. Today is episode 91, uh, and it is getting the most out of your employees. So we're going to kick this thing off with quotes. Uh, we're going to talk about quotes for uh, employees, employers, employees, employers, or just maximizing potential in people in general. What do you guys got? Okay, I'm going to jump right on in on a quote. I don't want to wait. Um, people may take a job for more money, but they often leave it for more recognition. And that's by Bob Nelson. And the takeaway I got from that is by recognizing people, you retain them. Um, and something I do every single day when my guys leave is I tell them, thank you and have a good one. Like, and it's just literally, that's all it takes is just saying a thank you. Uh, when they do something good, I let them know that they did something good. And I feel like that, that goes a long ways with employees. Yeah, I like that. So this one immediately jumped off to me and it's one of the first one of the first quotes I can remember since I was getting into professional development, it's you can get anything you want if you can help enough people get what they want. And that's a Zig Ziglar quote. So it is a sales book that I read. And obviously he's talking about it in terms of like, if you can just help people solve their problems, you can make a lot of money, you can get anything you want. But he was probably looking at it from a holistic perspective too. And from this side uh, of employees, it's like, you can do whatever the fuck you want if you got the right people behind you and the yeah. right people. You can be in the driver's seat or whatever, but it's like if you got the right people um, helping to navigate the ship, it's like you can do anything. And that's the only way that you're going to grow and thrive as a business. I agree. Yep. And then for me, uh, God, strive not to be successful, but rather to be of value. So that's from Albert Einstein where like you do like work where like people value value the work you do and the hard work you do that they want to keep you and retain you more. Yeah. That's why I see. Yeah, that's a great one. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so I don't actually, I actually haven't read any books on this subject or really leadership in general. Uh, do you guys have anything there? Um, so the one I was going to suggest at first that I know I've already talked about before was by Jocko, Extreme Ownership. Extreme Ownership, yeah. Um, so that was the one that I had, but I've actually been reading Atomic Habits and by James Clear. And I kind of thought, that one would work as well because whether you're an employee or an employer, if you create good systems and goals, you can hit them. It's not about like, it's not, it's about if you create good systems, you will find a way to get there. If you don't, you're never going to get there. So it's like, if you want to, a good system is a good employee essentially. Yep. Yeah. So how do you maximize productivity of an employee? Uh, and if you figure out that out, is there a way to duplicate it once you've, uh, once you've figured it out with one? So what I wrote down for this is that I essentially think it starts off with the hiring process. I think, and especially right now, and I'm sure Matt can talk on this a little bit more, is that I think people are hiring out of out of a need. So they might be rushing to maybe put an offer in for an employee, not really making sure that this is somebody who's going to be a good fit for their actual long-term culture. Yep. And I think that if you can find somebody who's truly a good fit for your organization, they're going to become a good employee. And I think that you see that with with great companies like Apple, Google, they have a culture that's sustained and their employees, it's almost cult-like, like first form. Like these people love where they work. And if you can find somebody who does love that, it's a, a great place to start. And I think if you get employee one, who has that mindset of, oh, I can follow your vision and I like this culture, they're going to instill that into employee two and employee three. And, and then it just builds and snowballs from there. So that's what I put down, right or wrong. I think that if you start off at the very beginning with a good culture, it's going to pay dividends for every single employee down the line. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's contributing a lot to the the continue the continuing of the great resignation. There's been a lot of turnover. Um, and that's why like 
people quitting, those numbers are going up. So I, I think you're right. I think people are definitely hiring out of, of need. Like it's like that that chick that just turned 30 who's still single. Yeah. It's like they're just like, I got to find something. And they, yeah. just, they just are ready for the, the first viable option instead of like sitting there and weighing out their options or going through a right process uh, to wait on what they need for some of these employees. So hiring for sure. Uh, I think it also, uh, from there, it starts with getting crystal clear on specific objectives for the role. Yeah. Um, regularly auditing uh, where they are compared to those objectives and then clearing pathways, right? Like figuring out like, okay, if you're not getting here, what do I need to do to get you there? And uh, so the thing, uh, and so actually this will kind of segue in because I use an example of our virtual assistant. So for those of you guys that don't know, we this is we officially have our first uh employee yeah. on payroll. Yeah. Sal is an intern and we don't pay him. Yeah. So technically our guy from the Philippines, his name is Chester Fester. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's going to help us grow our, uh, he's going to help us grow our brand, our podcast, our downloads. And so before we extended the offer, um, he's big into social media, obviously. So his goals are very clear and set to where he's going to grow our downloads from 2,000 to 7,500 by December. Uh, IG followers from 1,300 to 10,000 by December. Facebook, 1,000 to 5,000 December, growing our mailing list from zero to 1,000 by December. So I sit down with him. I ask him about it and I say, are these doable things? Are you are these clear for what you're going to do? And then he's going to be bonused at the end of the year based off on his ability. All these are, he was very comfortable with. So I think so many people, like I read a job description uh, a while back that was just um, from one of the smartest guys I know, but like it was just a bunch of like corporate jargon, right? Yeah. You know, achieve objectives based on company initiatives and, and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, what the fuck are you even saying? It's like, nobody's going to read that and really understand like what they're doing in the role. So yeah, you need to outline like exactly what their job is to do and when it is to do it by. That way there, there's no if, ands, or buts if you have to let them go or if they should be up for a promotion or up for some type of bonus, right? I think setting the clear objectives is is probably the first. And then from there, check in regularly on those goals. Where are they? If yes, they're there, great. If no, they're not, it's either on them. Um, so have they not been putting in the work? Um, or have they been trying and not succeeding and then just not coming to tell you? So um, you got to clearly identify how they're going to get there. And then again, the obstacles thing. Like you have to make sure that every time that they do have an issue that you're there to make their job easier or if it's just impossible, sometimes you might have to lower the bar. Yeah, and I wrote down a lot of that. Some of the stuff that we have for notes here kind of intertwines with what you just said. And it's mm -hmm. basically, um, I think in order for you to get the most out of your employee and for the employee to get the most out of, out of their employer is to have transparency. I think it's very key that whether you have monthly meetings, quarterly meetings, whatever it may be, uh, allow that to be an open forum where you can have a discussion with everybody where it's like, I'm not going to get butt hurt. You're not going to get butt hurt. We're all here trying to get to the same goal. Um, and like you said, I mean, there, there could be a situation where an employee feels nervous or scared to come and talk to you about a situation because they're like, fuck, I, I'm not hitting my goal that, that he set for me, but there might be a system or process in place that is, you know, getting in their way of being able to hit that where an employee can sit there and be like, hey, Matt, um, is there any way that we could adjust this to where maybe I could streamline this process a little bit faster because I'm getting bottlenecked in this scenario or, oh, hey, could you get some tooling for this machine because right now we're, we're getting by with this and I can't do it. And, and I think that's the key. I think you have to have that open forum where, 
everybody's comfortable to talk to each other and, and sh- you know, you're all trying to get to the same place. If the company succeeds, the employee is going to get more money. Um, the employer can enjoy their time, can have more flexibility and just grow from there. So then what's more important, getting the most out of your employees or your employees getting the most out of you? I think it's hand in hand. Um, but I do think mm. it is, I, th- I think you have to take care of your employees because if your employee and your consumers are both not operating at the same time, you're making no money. So I think that you have to make sure that your employee is your number one salesperson as far as your your vision for the company mm-hmm. and let that be seen by everybody. And that goes all the way to the customer. And I think if you have an employee who's upset that you know they feel like they're getting taken advantage of, um, they're not going to do that for you. Yeah. No, it is. It, it was a, it was a, question I figured everybody would know the answer to. You can't have one without the other. Um, they've got to get something out of you. Money, benefits, work-life balance, growth, continuing education, whatever's important to those people. And then obviously you've got to get the production in order you know, for them to receive those things. Yeah. It, it definitely goes hand in hand and it's a play off each other. And that's how people grow within the company. Everybody continues to get more out of each other. And it was like, like the reason I kind of had this was getting the most out of your employees is just yesterday. Um, the one kid I have that works for me, he's getting ready to graduate. And he had mentioned to me, he's like, oh, I think I might take a, another class next year. And I'm like, oh, well, do you have to take that class? Or like, are you graduating? He's like, no, I'm graduated. So I, I shot him a message and I said, hey, are you still wanting to take that that class you talked about? And he said, yeah, I, I think I do. And I said, well, let me know if you want to take it, I'll pay for it. And like for him, he's probably thinking, oh, cool, I don't have to pay for this class next semester. But for me, I'm getting, you know, really cheap knowledge in a sense of he's going to school. I'm going to learn that from him and he's going to apply that into my business, which is going to in turn make me money and make me more efficient. So like, and also something we do at work is we give out yearly bonuses for um, like year of service. So every year when you hit your anniversary, you get a check as a, as a thank you for, you know, completing mm-hmm. another year as an employee here. Um, my one guy is getting ready to hit his seventh year which is crazy to think about that he's been with me that long, like next week after Memorial Day. So uh, we do that. And then also every employee gets off from uh, Christmas to New Year's. It's a paid paid week off of just, hey, go enjoy it, be with your family because you're not getting anything out of those people at that time of year anyways. Yeah, seven years is that's a pretty long time. So it's a good segue into the next question, which is what do you feel like are the most important things that you've learned uh, leading people in those seven plus years? So for me, uh, the biggest thing I think you need to to key in on is people's emotions. I think a lot of time in business, um, people get looked at as just a number of, oh, well, Sal's supposed to be doing this today and why isn't Sal doing this? But they don't know that maybe something happened overnight that um, is affecting their their performance. And I think if you're somebody who, you know, has those conversations with people and you know how to how to handle Sal versus how to handle Matt, you're going to get more out of it. And I think a lot of times that just gets overlooked of like, people are still human. Um, And I'll say I was bad at that. I wasn't somebody who was like, you know, keying in on if people were having a good day or a bad day. But um, the more you start to realize like, okay, this person's having a moment. Maybe I should say, hey, hey, what's going on? You know, something happened at home or whatever. And they can either say like, hey, I don't want to talk about it or they can open up to you and talk about it. And all that's going to do is build more trust to think, well, oh, my employer actually cares about me more than just a surface level of I'm here to make him money. Yeah. And what kind of going off of what you said, one of the biggest things I've learned is you cannot treat everyone equally. No matter how much they tell you that, like growing up and like that that's the right thing to do. When you're in a leadership position in any way, it's like, 
your top performers should get more privileges. They should get more autonomy. Um, they should just get, you know, not whatever they want, right? Yeah. Uh, but they should be let to do what they want to do for what's going to make them happy. And there are times when lower performers might need to be monitored with a closer lens. <clears throat> and I'm not saying like, hey, you got to go out and micromanage them because I'm not, I'm not a micromanager. Like that's not my style. But if they're not to par, uh, if they're not up to par, you've got to watch uh, from a more granular, granular level than the other employees to find out one of three things. You know, is there something that you can, I can do to help them? Uh, are they not capable of doing the job or are they just refusing to do the work? Like you have to really monitor them to figure out which of those three it is. So I've, I've definitely learned that. And I've also, um, yeah, I've also just learned that I think that is what I'm learning more and more, like monitoring the um, emotional side uh, and understanding to have a real relationship with people and employees, which I feel like I do uh, a, a pretty good job at that. But we talked about this on the last podcast. Is like, I just had a fuck of a month where mm-hmm. uh, one of my guys is kind of underperforming um, and so now I've got to kind of sit down and like, okay, what do we got? Like now I'm like full blown, like every day, yeah. what are we doing? How are we getting better? I need, but I need you to come to me, right? Like when you can't figure something out, you can't just let it drop, right? You either figure out a way or you come to me and we work on it together because when you're not coming to me and the job isn't getting done, then, then that's on you. There's nobody else to blame. Um, and then another one of our employees, our top girl, uh, actually just gave notice which was really, like, I was really surprised. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, super happy for her. Honestly, she got like a corporate gig making like double what her salary was here uh, on target earnings, like kind of through the roof. Uh, I feel like she would have had more long-term advantages with us. But at the same time, like she's young, like she built up a really good resume with us for what she's doing in recruiting. You know, she deserves like what she she got. So I also realized it's like, you know, and maximizing potential out of people, she was very happy. She got all the autonomy in the world, right? Like we weren't perfect, but there's still that factor of like, whether you're a startup or not, it's like people are going to leave. Yeah. That's just going to happen. And I think it's, as somebody who has three employees now, and you guys have more people working for you than I do, I feel like we're at a really shitty spot of being an employer as because we're at a spot where we don't have a lot of capital that, you know, we can really throw around to hire more people to scale. And I get nervous about it all the time personally, that I'm going to have my guys headhunting for me for bigger shops that have more, more money available that, that could throw to them. Um, and I like you're seeing, you saw that with your girl, like somebody offered her double the amount of money. Like you guys can't just throw that out for her. You want to probably, but it just doesn't make sense to do it. You know what I mean? And that's the part of, I feel like we're at a very, very weird point in in the world. And hopefully it it plays out, like you said, like long-term wise, we're going to be the ones that are are sustaining and have been there. Yeah. Um, So that's what I'm hoping is going to happen. So here's, and but here's one thing, and I'm sure you can relate to this, even though you're in a completely fucking different industry. It's like, I've set my business up to where it's like, majority like we've got whether automation or virtual people doing majority of it right like when you were in uh like when you were stuck like when i would see when i worked in an agency and somebody would quit it'd be like fuck who can we get through the door that can immediately bring a book of business or just get on the phones and start cranking out phone calls for us it's like we've got an automated system where we're getting new leads every week yes right i can teach them the recruiting part right if you've managed accounts in any really any industry or like in a customer success position you can learn how to do that with us. So there's still business coming in, 
Um, yeah, but it, so it's definitely a hit, but I feel like I've set up my business to where it's like, once we, it won't take us long to find another person and they're going to be so attracted to it because of how easy the beginning yeah. and the ramp up time is. And that's something I'll touch on too. Like you mentioned the automation part of it. We, we had a whole podcast on automation last week, but, um, like I, I literally sat down last night and I looked at a robot, okay? And this robot could run a machine literally 24 hours a day and it's going to cost me 60 grand. And it's like, okay, that's a hit in the pocket instantly, but that thing could work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I feel like, I don't know if it's a way to get more out of my, you know, real employees, but it's a way to like, maybe it kind of shows them like, hey, like this is where we're trending right now. We're trending towards, we're putting in, machinery to do jobs that you're currently doing. Um, and it kind of puts a, maybe like, hey, maybe, maybe I do need to perform a little bit faster. Cause you talked about that. Like, how do you have that conversation with somebody when they're not hitting their goals? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I feel like you do have to have a set goal in mind of you need to produce X amount a month. And if not, why aren't you doing this? And what can we do to fix it? Yeah, for sure. So being in a smaller business, what do you think, or just really, we can talk in any business, but us specifically in small businesses, what's better, skill set or mindset? AKA, would you rather have somebody that's aligned with the day-to-day -day qualifications or the cultural and dynamic of your company and then teach them the day-to-day? Uh, -day? So me, I'm 100% in on the mindset part of it. I feel like there's people who have never worked in certain industries ever in their whole entire life that have a great mindset of what they want to do and how they want to perform. And they're going to learn that skill because that's just the type of person they are because they have the right outlook on it. Um, I'll teach somebody how to do anything. I can't change the way they think about it. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Like, I, agree with, I agree with Brad. Like You got to have like the mindset for it because skill, anyone can learn the skill. So to have like a good mindset about it, like, hey, like, I'm happy to be at this company, willing to learn more. Yeah. You just want to have more people like that. And I think that applies like so deep in everything. I mean, like even sports, I feel like there's people who have the skills to be a very successful athlete, but their mindset is so fucked that they never succeed in said sport. So going off of that, uh, I remember a documentary about an interview with Cristiano Ronaldo. He, uh, growing up, he had a teammate that was way skilled than him, like way better than him, like could have gone, like could have been the, one of the best soccer players, but he didn't have the mindset like Cristiano Ronaldo did. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm 100% on board. I think this is an easy one too. But people do get, get caught up in that skill set, right? Uh, in the, okay, these are the qualifications we need for the role. These are the systems or like a pedigree, right? Yeah. They went to this university, had this, I don't think GPA really fucking matters. Like, after your second or third job, I don't think anybody fucking looks at that. And if you do, you're a fucking idiot. But like <laughs> mindset over everything, right? Although it might take you in the short term a little bit longer to get somebody ramped up and teach them the necessary skills, that person's going to go so much further with your company and so much longer. Um, if one, they're willing to learn, but two, they're 100% bought in on your company, your mission, and your values. Yeah. So kind of piggybacking off of that, when we talk about like mindset, um, one of my questions here was, are there any new tactics or methodologies that you're exploring to mass maximize production of people? Um, I'm really, really looking heavy into uh, personality testing now. It's something that it's like, I was just kind of like, whatever on. I thought it could have been a little bit bogus. I thought it could have been subjective. 
um, until like I sat down and really, really, because I've taken a couple and then I sat down and really took one and then like really dove into the profile with this guy who's a, a, a you know professional at it. And um, it goes into what we were saying earlier was like, you can't treat everybody equal. And this has nothing to do with production. This is has, this has to do with people's personalities, like how people respond to different criticism, how they respond to, um, you know, like uh, if some people are like, I need you to tell me exactly what to do, when to do it, mm-hmm. and I can do that perfectly, right? And But even though it's mundane, it's like if my objectives are set out for me step by step, I'll do those. I'll come in every day, all day. Other people might be like, I can't do fucking mundane, right? Yeah. But if you give me these tasks that are just like, hey, I want this kind of idea for this, go for it. They fucking love taking on like, you know, problem solving and being innovative and stuff like that. So it's like, and you've got different people and different personality types that can be successful in the exact same role, but just in very, very different ways. So personality testing is something that I'm looking into more and more, not only with myself, but potentially with clients. And I remember when we talked about that personality test on the podcast and I asked you and Dan if you guys did anything like that when you're screening, um, you know, potential clients or candidates. candidates. Um, Because I thought like, because you guys usually have like, what, a three-month window. They have to be there for three months, right, before you guys actually get paid. We get paid within 30 days of their start, but it's a 90-day guarantee. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I was just curious because it's like, man, why not do all the steps possible to make sure that this person's going to be a great fit and I'm sure right now it doesn't matter but um, long term wise I think it could but, but it does you're right in a hundred you're wrong there but you were right in in what you thought we should be doing um, at least on my side of things in the sales side it's it's a lot more volatile right like uh, it's very normal to see people in sales positions jump every year and a half to two years because you're in sales you're driven by growth and more yeah. money. That's the persona of a salesperson. Uh, a mortgage person, uh, an HR person might not be the same thing, right? I don't think Dan and them are seeing the exact same problem, but we're seeing a good amount of turnover for this. And I believe it's because there weren't, like so many of our clients, like we had one client that's like trying to refuse to pay us because somebody dipped out after five months yeah. and he was just like, we're really, we're really um, upset with the services that you provided us. And we had to sit down and just be like, listen, like, yeah. first off, there's a 90-day guarantee. You should have something within there that shows if this person's going to be successful or not within 90 days. Yeah, exactly. You know that for a fact. Second off, we are presenting based off the qualifications for you, right? This is a person that we're presenting. We're not just sticking this person in your seat for you. You're interviewing yeah. them. You're checking the references. Like, you're going through all these procedures. Now, <clears throat> I look back at that and I say, hundred percent. Like I believe there should, with our clients, like we should put these candidates through some type of, if not personality testing, maybe some type of like, I don't know, more in-depth scorecard so that we can make sure that they're checking all the boxes. But yeah, I mean, again, in this case, like the client knew what, what yeah. they were in for, but I, I believe that like it, it could be a, a really, really good tool to make sure that people are staying for longer, which benefits us. And it also, you know, just as important, if not more important, uh, benefits the client. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a, a great tool to add to your guys' arsenal. Um, when we talked about on the podcast, I was I was surprised that you know your clients weren't already asking for that for your candidates because I feel like it's just like a kind of a no brainer. Like it's just a okay, is this person going to fit into our culture type deal? Yep. Yeah, we covered a lot today. Uh, did you guys have anything else that you wanted to touch on for this? 
I didn't. I feel like I touched on all the key points I wanted to. I think I think holding meetings with your employees is important. I think Sal's seen that even with his job where he hasn't been able to have like conversations with, with people that he wishes he could have conversations with. I think it shows that you care not only about your employees, but about the growth of your company. So I think uh, that's that's my big takeaway is have, have some meetings, have transparency, um, and you're going to grow from there. Yep, for sure. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you haven't already, like our friends Sal and Rich, uh, go write us a review. Um, give us a review. Write us a review. Uh, hopefully five stars. And uh, follow us on Instagram. Make sure you're subscribing on all the major platforms. And we will see you next week. See ya. Later. Deuces.